Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass where we are going to share with you how to get the attention of anyone using humor and creativity with John Buchanan. And this guy is going to break down the drunk cold email that changed his life. We're going to be talking about the right words in the right order to the right people can get you almost anywhere in life and how to use an archaic piece of technology to reach the most sought after prospects and so much more value bombs are coming left and right fire nation now john once wrote a cold email when he was drunk that changed his life and it led to meeting some of the world's largest brands and you have to hear us break this down fire nation when we get back from thanking our sponsor You and I both know hiring quality candidates isn't easy, but there's a place where hiring is so simple and smart. Zip Recruiter. Post your job with one click, then Zip Recruiter does the work for you. Their powerful matching technology scans millions of resumes across this network of hundreds of job boards to find the right people for your job and then actively invite them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try Zip Recruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So John, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Greetings, Fire Nation. So (laughs) something about me that people don't know. Uh, I started my first business when I was 16. And the reason for that was is when I was a youngster, I had quite the baby face and I needed a fake ID to get served beer. Uh, So that was my education into learning about design and stuff. And from there, I started selling uh, plastic like business cards to businesses. uh, And that's where I got into SEO and PPC. I had to get people to my business. So if I hadn't had a baby face, uh, I probably wouldn't have ended up doing what I'm I'm doing now. So everyone used to say, you're going to be happy you've got a baby face uh, when you're older. And uh, they turned out to be right. I love these little fun facts, John. Thank you for sharing that. And Fire Nation, you're in for a doozy today because our audio masterclass is how to get the attention of anyone using humor and creativity. And I can tell you, Fire Nation, here in 2018, 2019, 2020, whenever you're listening to this, attention is at a premium. And using humor, using creativity is critical. And John here is going to be chatting all about that because that's actually why he's on here today. It's pretty cool. So let's actually dive right in, John, with how you managed to invite yourself on the revered Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. Let's just dive right in. Well, yeah. So I've um, been doing this for about a year and a half, this selling information products and having a group called Charm Offensive on Facebook and, and, and having an email list. And uh, I decided it was about time. I've been doing all this clever, in, like incremental stuff, you know, to grow my audience and to get better at this stuff. But every now and then you've got to take a big leap. You've got to take a chance. And um, I know that you're one of the biggest entrepreneurial podcasts. And I thought, I'm going to take a chance. I'm ready now. I've got an offer that I know works really well. I've built up goodwill and an audience. It's time to take a big shot. So I decided. On a, I think it was last week sometime, uh, I decided I'm going to give it a go. And I sent you an email, and I'm very, very happy to hear to, to, to get a response and uh, to be talking to you now. <laughs> well, it can sometimes, Fire Nation, happen just like that. And we're going to be getting into specifics of this. I mean, we're going to reverse engineer this stuff. We're going to talk about charming copy. 
Um, we're going to be doing a lot of things that are really going to be helping you, Fire Nation, in your business with attention, with copy, with creativity, such critical stuff. So let's just start with a drunk, cold email that changed your life, John. What was that? Excellent. So this it might sound a bit like a life story, but I promise it's not. Uh, so when I, uh, I had that first business, and in 2006, uh, January 2006, I was depressed, and I loved the marketing stuff. I didn't really like printing, because printers are the most annoying device on the planet, but I loved marketing. So January 2006, one week, I just decided I want to move to London, and this was the first cold pitch I ever sent. Uh, it actually won't be the one that we're going to talk about today, uh, but it was essentially, I looked up in Google, online marketing agencies London, and I just sent a bullet point list of my skills, and I got an interview, and a week later, I'd moved to London, and that's when I started working at online marketing agencies, and uh, basically, I, in the five-year period, I quit my way to the top. You know, I did great work, got great results, then went to another agency, and after a while, about five years, I realized that I think I can do this better myself. I'm mature enough now uh, with this, you know, having all of this experience. I think I can do it better myself because there were certain things that agencies did that I didn't agree with. So I decided I'm going to put my notice in and I started my own agency with, with my brother, Gary. And for about a year, it was fine because I had all of the word of mouth leads and I had people that I'd contacted that, you know, I used to work with or were a supplier. But when all of that dried up, I realized, oh, it's easy to run an agency when you've got someone giving you hot leads. You know, I had great, great business development people. I didn't know how to open cold. I knew how to close deals. I would go in with sales with salespeople and help close. I didn't know how to open. And I had payroll to meet now. Uh, I really did not want to disappoint my staff. So I dealt with that the only way I knew how. I got blind drunk and wrote the most absurd <laughs> cold email I could possibly come up with. And I don't remember much of that evening, but I do remember thinking this has got to be different to what everyone else is sending. Because even though I offered digital marketing, I would get cold emails offering me digital marketing. So I knew what everyone else was sending. Right. And uh, I, I basically, in that drunken moment, I wrote that email. And in the morning, I still thought it was a good idea to send that email to very senior people at some of the world's largest brands like Red Bull, Hewlett Packard, Symantec, PepsiCo. And to my, to my amazement, it worked. I got some of the most complimentary responses back uh, saying things like, I never reply to these. I've been in, uh, working in this industry for 20 years and I get hundreds of prospecting emails every week and I haven't replied to a single one until now. Loads like that. But my favorite one simply read, my colleague forwarded me your spam email, and we would like to meet you to discuss opportunities, <laughs> <laughs> which I just thought was the most oxymoronic sort of sentence. And then I realized, oh, if I keep sending this, every time I press this button, this keeps happening. And that's when I realized, oh, I've cracked onto, onto something here. And I realized I could use this for any purpose. So when I one new clients, I could use those same skills to get journalists to reply to me uh, or to get people to events or all of these other asks that you have to make as a business. I also realized I'm always going to be able to open opportunities for myself now. And that is an amazing place to be. And that's where I like to get take other people because it's, it's a real great feeling of control. So do you mean to tell me that this cold email did not start off with, dear sir or madam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's even, even worse than that is the ones that start with the infomercial tone. So, hi, John. Do you have problems navigating the ever-changing social media landscape? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know anyone that speaks like that. 
but that's how we write our emails, apparently. I just feel like people need to realize that the word madam just isn't really a word that we still use in normal conversation. So uh, to everybody listening out there that may have sent a dear sir or madam email, which uh, I'm sh- I'd be shocked if anybody in Fire Nation has, um, don't do it for obvious reasons. Now, one thing that I've seen, and again, John, I've had experience with thousands of interviews, being interviewed, being pitched, all these different things. I've seen that one break and just one break can literally change somebody's life altogether. It can literally be that that thing where it causes a pivot or an adjustment or whatever it might be, and it can change everything. And I'm just talking one break, and you got your one break. So let's reverse engineer that accidental drunk cleverness. Let's break it down for Fire Nation. There's a, a few different things. One we've spoken about already, which is it, the tone is completely different. Um, if you look, if you do a Google search for best cold email template, every, pretty much every single one is the same short functional template. Uh, and the, the logic is that CEOs, et cetera, don't have time to look at emails. Uh, they don't have the attention span. Uh, and, and you should keep your copy short and you shouldn't use humor and you should use pain points. And you should, there was all of these rules. And I was just like, no, I'm just going to, make people laugh. So there's a way that my emails are formatted and, and all of my sort of messaging. And it usually starts with something self-effacing, something honest. So my email to you, for example, uh, it starts with the line, greetings, John. Uh, I wanted to introduce myself in a way that showed I was interesting, witty, and clever. Alas, I wrote this email instead. <laughs> and it's just a, a funny little opener. Uh, another one I, u- I used to use, this was actually on my original drunk email, was uh, greetings, John. You've never heard of me. Hi, I'm John. I got your details from a list, gasp, but hey, at least you're list worthy. That's got to be worth something, right? <laughs> so <laughs> not only uh, mentioning you know, the fact that I've got the details from a list, but co- turning it into a compliment. Like who starts an email with that? Usually that's something you would avoid talking about, but instead call out the elephant in the room and you will disarm your prospects. So that is a very big part of it is that very first line it's got to get you to read the next line. That's kind of one thing I want to jump in and say that I found was that just reading the first line of the email that you sent me brought me to the next line. But that usually is where it ends because then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that was that was witty and clever, but then it kind of gets into the... But then your second line got me to the third, got me to the fourth. Like It just was this waterfall cascading effect. So keep breaking this down for us, John. Sure. So the, I actually went on uh, Kevin Rogers' podcast uh, last year when I was starting my group. And uh, he told me... Um, uh, my email actually partly kind of used one of his formulas, which is the uh, the, the sales hook that he developed from stand-up comedy. Um, but also he said, and this is how it, generally how it works, is it just keeps winning your attention. So I'll make you smile or I'll make you smirk at least. Then I can put a little pitch in. Then I'm going to make you laugh again. I've earned your attention. Then I'm going to put another pitch in. So it kind of gives you this little, like this leeway that you don't have with a normal message. If someone is smiling or laughing when they're reading your sales message, they're more likely to respond <laughs> so and true. respond positively and remember you. Uh, that is a, a huge benefit to this stuff. Um, the other thing that's about this approach that is different is I, I didn't ever study copywriting. Actually, only in the last year because I've been writing sales pages and stuff, but I never studied copywriting. My background, well, background, <laughs> is I used to watch stand-up comedy, sitcoms, funny movies from the age of about four until 16, till the early hours of the morning, mostly American stand-ups and, and sitcoms. And it turns out when I wrote that email and I reverse engineered it, I, obviously I wasn't using copywriting hooks. I was using joke formulas. 
things like the comic triple, the reverse. I saw them there and I was like, oh, that's what I'm doing. No one else is doing that. And it's a completely different way of writing to people because you're writing to the person rather than the job title. Yeah, usually I'll sugarcoat when I ask for a call. So I say, if you agree to a meeting with me uh, to talk about your digital marketing needs, I will take you for lunch or tequila shots and promise to be somewhat entertaining. <laughs> if you're lucky, I may even wear a top hat. First off, I'd just love to give you some ideas you're free to steal. Would you be up for a quick call or meeting? That basically, it's making them an offer that they probably have never heard before. Uh, I imagine that my competitors offered them all sorts of fancy lunches and all sorts, but no one offered to take them out for tequila shots. And also the other persuasive part about that is the mention of ideas that they're free to steal. So instead of it appearing like it's going to be hard set, they're going to be hard sold to, instead it's like, oh, actually, I'm going to benefit. Even if I never speak to them again, I'm going to get some ideas that might be useful to me. So there's loads and loads of little different uh, persuasive devices in there. I think overall, if I was to sum it up, the tone of these emails is, I'm going to level with you. And if I was to do a little one-liner uh, to tell people that they should use this method, that would be B2B doesn't have to stand for boring to boring. Fire Nation, I love that one phrase, I'm going to level with you. I mean, when's the last time somebody just looked at you and said, I'm going to level with you? I mean, when I hear that, I'm like, all right, this person gets it. They're not going to waste my time. They're going to level with me and they're just going to be real. It's so key. Then that B2B, it does not have to be boring, Fire Nation. It does not have to be boring. And one thing that I've definitely found with you, John, is that there are actually many uses of charming copy. So break down a few of those. First off, I'll say that I've got a little phrase that I like to trot out, which is the right words in the right order to the right people can take you almost anywhere in life. And this, this type of copy can do a lot of things. So one of the things is obviously it can get you sales calls and meetings, but there's something more to it than that. It qualifies and disqualifies people based on sense of humor. So you're going to, the people that reply, they reply like a friend. They don't reply in corporate tone. They're speaking to you like a friend. That's a huge advantage over your competitors. They're excited to speak to you rather than just a lukewarm agreement. All right, I'll do a call. They're like, I can't. They're actually really excited because you've made them laugh. You've made them smile. That They're going to get free ideas. Uh, and they already have a high opinion of you. Uh, when people, because you've got cut through in a clever way, that's very persuasive. And whenever they tell people in their, their, their colleagues, they're going to bring up that story. So you can make the best possible first impression with this approach. So one objection that people have is they, particularly to my LinkedIn profile. So my profile picture is a clearly photoshopped, I'll admit, picture of me rescuing a basket of kittens and uh, a baby <laughs> from a burning building. And people have said, aren't you worried people are going to not want to work with you because you're not professional? Um, I say that's not an unfortunate side effect. That is a deliberate feature. Uh, I, I, if people don't like that and they're really offended by it or upset, we're probably not going to work together. And that's fine. I'm not, they're not bad people, but we're just not a good fit. So that qualification element is really unique to this kind of style based on sense of humor. But on top of that, there are also different potential uses for this approach. So I'll give a few examples. Um, previously, one of my clients was Hewlett Packard, which we won using the uh, silly cold email, or at least it got us in the, in the door. Uh, and they were doing an event, an all-day event, which was essentially an all-day sales pitch disguised as a seminar. They wanted senior IT directors or chief technology officers at international, national and international brands uh, to come to one of their events. And I remember being in a meeting where they were going through the invite copy, the template, 
And they were asked, they were debating things like, should we say in tomorrow's world or in today's world? And all of these inconsequential things. And I said, none of this matters. What you need to do is not send a designed email, have it plain text as much as possible, and do it in the, this style, this informal style. And amazingly, I got them to go away to, to agree to it. That when we had the event, they managed to get zero people to the event, and we filled it. Uh, so even to IT directors, who people often think uh, they're not going to like humor, or finance directors, or some other title that people think are not going to like humor, now it works on them too. Another use has been job interviews for my friend. Uh, I've done this actually multiple times, where my friends that maybe they work in bar jobs or something else, they want to you know, find a new career. I've done this before where I've helped them get jobs in the marketing world, helped them with the research, written a really funny opening cold email, and they've booked loads of opportunities for uh, job interviews. Not job interviews, but informal opportunities that turned into jobs. You can use it to get journalists to reply to you and cover your clients. So when we won Symantec, uh, our first gigantic client, uh, we had to get PR coverage for them. We used this same style to contact journalists. I remember actually that uh, when we worked with Symantec on the first project, we had to impress them because they said, if you don't impress, we're going to get rid of you after a quarter. They didn't get any coverage for the content that we'd created. So I went it because that was their job to take care of the PR. Uh, we had to do as much as possible we could to support. So I went into the office on a, on a Saturday, sent an email to the, event, uh, the editor of VentureBeat at the time, Dylan Tweeney, and I got coverage for them that day and in several other publications. And he actually messaged me on Skype a few years later. I got chatting to him and he said he was talking to a group of startup founders in San Francisco because he does consultancy now. And he told them about my pitch, which, which was year, four years or five years <laughs> wow. since I sent it. And he's still talking about it. And loads of other people have told that me. They said they're still talking about that email five years later, six years later. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously, another use of that template, it gets you on a big podcast, Boom. such as this one. I mean, Fire Nation, as you can see, there are a lot, and I mean a lot of uses for Charming Copy. So it is well worth your time to put in the time, put in the energy, just put in the mental resources to get your skill set up to Charming Copy level. And one thing that I've definitely seen, John, over and over again is that fancy job titles intimidate a lot of people. I mean, they just do. People are just like, oh my God, look at all those letters and numbers and acronyms and symbols in front of that person's name or after that person's name. But you look at fancy job titles a little differently. So share your insights with Fire Nation. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I think people put people with very senior job titles on a pedestal. And I think partly that is out of respect and that's fine. But respect shouldn't come at the sake of your personality and you also need to stop being what i've called job titleist people that are finance directors and it directors they're not hu these humorless people and everyone's got a type of person uh, a job title they think oh they're not going to like humor nobody becomes the ceo of say red bull and then says you know what i don't like to laugh anymore that's what i did before i was successful that has never been said so you need to remember that these are still people. They like silly movies. They've probably got some silly drunk stories. They've probably got embarrassing guilty pleasure music that they listen to. So when you're writing to people, these are the people you're writing to. Don't write to the fancy job title. You write to the person behind it. And often they are, most people are decent, nice people that would like to help someone that's ambitious. And often when you reply, you send messages in this style, 
they reply in this informal tone. And you'll see very quickly, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how big the company is. It's the, the principles are the same. If you're competent and you've got a skill, you, you can win deals with big companies and small companies, no matter how senior. And I, I'm proof of that. When, I, when we won Symantec, we had no clients anywhere near the size of Symantec. Uh, we had no case studies for the work that we were trying to do, what we wanted to do for them. Yet we were able to pull it off with enough enthusiasm. We impressed with the first approach. And then we led with enthusiasm and passion, just showed our knowledge and how much we wanted it, and we were able to win it. So you just need to give it a shot because I could have been nervous about sending you an email about trying to get onto the podcast, but I'm very glad that I took that chance. So you've got to take the shot. Those people with fancy job titles and at massive companies, maybe your dream clients, they're still people, and you can get their attention by making them laugh. Sometimes people don't like that simple approach. We sometimes get hypnotized by complexity when we realize, actually, that one of the books that's on your top 15 list, How to Win Friends and Influence People, those principles still apply. Uh, it doesn't matter the type of person. And um, yeah, you need to give it a shot. I would say to anyone listening to this now, give it a shot emailing some of your dream clients. You never know who will reply. Fire Nation, write to the people behind their fancy job title because guess what? That's what they are. They are people. And we have some incredible stuff coming up after the break. We're going to be talking about the right words in the right order, about persuasive tactics to close more deals, about using charm offensive tactics, Fire Nation, and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Fire Nation, I'm here with Ian Siegel, the CEO of Zip Recruiter. And Ian, I've heard some employers struggle with getting enough qualified candidates to choose from. Do you have any suggestions for them? Well, every month, Zip Recruiter gets hundreds of thousands of jobs directly posted to our website. And as a result of that, we have a lot of data on what works and what doesn't work. And one of the really interesting things we uncovered is that the way you describe the requirements for your job will directly impact how many candidates you get, and in particular, the gender of the candidates who apply to your jobs. We have discovered a set of what we'd call gender-biased keywords that will heavily influence which gender decides to apply or not. Examples of this would include, do you say, I need ambitious go-getters who are willing to hard charge? If you use those as your descriptors, you're going to get a lot of men. Do you say, we have a nurturing environment on our customer support team. If you use those words, you're going to get a lot of women. You want to be thoughtful about using gender-neutral terms to maximize the candidate pool that you get and to get a nice balance between men and women applying. Fire Nation, now these are actionable tips. And ask yourself, are you being mindful about the language you use in your posts? If you're paying money for a job post, you want to make sure you're making the most of it and cast the widest net possible. So heed the advice of experts to optimize what you put out there. Once your job description is optimized, ZipRecruiter scans millions of job seeker profiles and resumes on ZipRecruiter and across its network of over 100 job boards to find the right candidates and actively invite them to apply. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on Trustpilot ratings of hiring sites with over a thousand reviews. And right now, Fire Nation, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash F-I-R-E, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest 
way to hire. So John, we're back. And as promised, I want to dive into the right words and the right order. And you have a specific strategy and a specific tactic for this. Break it down for us. So yeah, I always say that the right words and the right order to the right people can get you almost anywhere in life. But there's a variable missing from that, which is the right time. There is one way of, there is obviously many ways of finding people at the right time, but I found a very easy way uh, using LinkedIn and LinkedIn's premium option, uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, you can search for people using all of the normal search filters, such as job title, location, uh, keywords, all of that kind of stuff. But there's a real important search filter, and it's pretty much the reason I buy this subscription, which is time enroll. So you can find people that have, say, say, are marketing directors, but they've moved roles in the last 90 days. That means they've either been promoted or they've changed jobs. Those people are more likely to want to hear from new talent and hear new ideas than people who have been at a company for years. Obviously, not all the time, but it, it, it's, it, I've always found that this, is, this worked. If I contact people when they've just had a career change, they, they've just had that is a trigger moment where you should try and get in front of them. And combined with things like keyword search, where you can pi- type in uh, very specific keywords to further find your ideal client, those two things together, they're super powerful. But really, the most powerful thing is that less than 90 days search tag, uh, especially if you use the job title founder and then put less than 90 days. Essentially, that is a list of startup founders that you can contact and you can contact them. You can sort them by sector and loads of other ways. So that that one search filter, it's incredibly valuable. The right words in the right order to the right people at the right time. And you just heard John drop LinkedIn Sales Navigator and specifically people who moved roles in the last 90 days. I mean, that one tactic, Fire Nation, is gold. Uh, and I literally have like nine Ds, which is why I strung it out there in my notes when you were writing it, when you were talking about that. Cause I was like, that is unbelievable fire nation. I hope there's some of you right now that are like, holy crap, that is literally going to change who I reach out to for the next, who knows how long, because that is an amazing tactic, such a value bomb. And let's talk right now, John, about an archaic piece of technology to actually reach the most sought after prospects. And what I love about this, I have no idea what it's going to be, but I love the archaic pieces of technology because they're so often overlooked. So break it down for us. I used to send, uh, when I found that my cold email, my drunk cold email was so successful, (laughs) uh, I wanted to increase its effectiveness. So I was getting like 40% open rates, but I wanted to be more effective. Instead of thinking, why don't I send a follow-up sequence? For some reason, I just didn't think about that. Uh, I thought, oh, I sense, I, what I can do is, because the original email, it has a very silly sticker attached, the ferret with bunny ears. Uh, I, was, I, said, I thought, I'll, I'll send that as a sticker. I'll send a letter in the post with that sticker, and then I will send a follow-up message a few days later with the subject line, sorry for the ferret in the post. And it worked really well, 80% <laughs> open rates on that follow-up email. And... Uh, uh, obviously, you don't have to be that absurd. It does really work. But if you want to do something that maybe is a bit classier and less silly, here's what I'd recommend. Send a handwritten letter. Now, don't worry if you've got writing like me, which is illegible. Uh, you can, there are companies in the US and the UK and Canada uh, that uh, enable you to outsource this. And you can even choose your handwriting. So what I would say is send a handwritten letter. Have it, you know, use charming copy and be disarming. And then a few days later, you send a follow-up message that mentions the handwritten letter in the subject line. If you want to include some silly gift in there as well, you can do that. But it's really impressive because when was the last time you got a letter, let alone a handwritten letter, let alone a funny handwritten letter from a company that has something that could possibly help you? 
you can imagine how persuasive that is. And even if they forget to reply to your letter, because then, you know, they're not at the computer, uh, they can't click on another email, they can't click on another tab, you've got their attention. The follow-up email will get their attention because they'll know, oh, handwritten letter, I instantly know who that is. I have found that to be such an effective technique. And people really, really like it because there's something about that little dopamine hit you get from getting a letter in the post, especially what a handwritten letter. It's very, very, it's inherently charming. You know, I was actually watching the movie yesterday, Pearl Harbor, which came out in 2001. But, you know, of course, it was about World War II. And there's so many scenes in that movie where people were getting handwritten letters and they were opening it up. I was like, oh, my God, like, remember people used to send handwritten letters to to each other? It never happens anymore. But I mean, Fire Nation, let me ask you this question. When's the last time that you, you have received a handwritten letter with your name handwritten on the two part of your, of that envelope that you haven't opened it? And the answer is probably never because you've always opened that letter, that handwritten letter. And I've gotten a lot from you, Fire nation and every single one that comes to me that is handwritten I am opening and just like John said I get that dopamine hit it's so so true now John let's talk about specific persuasive tactics to close more deals because you know we're fire nation we're entrepreneurs we're going to close more deals what are the persuasive tactics you found work best awesome well I'm going to give three there's loads of these that I've built up over the years of working with salespeople. And, and just building up a, a, a level of experience. So what I'm going to talk about three specific ones. The first one is enthusiasm, which is the most cost-effective cosmetic available. Uh, this is what helped us beat much bigger agencies. They may have had fancier offices and uh, ostensibly better case studies and budgets to take them to fancy lunches. But we went in with pure enthusiasm that I don't think could be replicated. And if you do this, uh, it, 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 it's can take you anywhere. Like if it's genuine, it, it is intoxicating, as, especially if, as you're enthusiastic about them doing well. That is a really persuasive little take. It seems obvious, but if you show your natural enthusiasm, that can defeat any weapon that your competitor has got, no matter how big they are. Uh, it's a great leveler. So that's number one. Number two, this is an interesting one, is take a junior with you to sales pitches. I remember when I used to be, when I used to, first started doing sales, I was the geeky consultant that they would take along. So there'd be a business development manager, or there'd be the CEO or a director, and there'd be me. They would be, do the pitchy stuff. I would do the, the, the meat. Here's what we're going to do. And I would go through it really enthusiastically. And we would close loads of deals. Started my own agency, had obviously re- sent that email, got all of these meetings, was closing deals. And, but I realized that I'm not closing as many of that, uh, as I used to. And I thought about it. I was like, ah, I wonder... I started taking some of the junior members of the team with me and we started closing more deals. And I started to realize that even though I was enthusiastic, I was the company owner. So they kind of know that I stand to gain financially if I win this deal. So it's kind of like my love of the craft, even though I've shown it, is somewhat sullied by the financial incentive. They know it's there. Whereas the junior member of staff, their life, if anything, gets harder. Right, some more work. <laughs> yeah, indeed. When they show that they're really enthusiastic about this pitch, it's seen as the love of the craft and thus more persuasive. And, and then finally, this is one I've, I didn't realize this was persuasive until recently, is someone in, in my Charm Offensive Facebook group uh, posted a ad up. They asked me first about doing Instagram ad consultancy for people uh, for free in exchange for a case study. And the, when she posted it, it was all about, you know, I'll get you great results. Da, da, da. I got into a conversation with her and 
she said, I just want a damn case study. You know, she's really ambitious, wants to get it. I was like, why don't you put that in the pitch? And I remember I used to do that with uh, when I went to sales meetings. I would say, I really, I want results just as much as you. I can't say to you that I care about your business as much as you or know as much about it. There's no way. But as far as the results, absolutely. Because I'm going to use this case study to get more, bigger, cli- you know, additional clients and, and to grow. So I have as much in this as you, as you. And this is really persuasive because as much as you can show love of the craft, you can show you're a nice person, you can show your authority. But there's something persuasive about you talking about something that's self-interested as long as that aligns with the prospect's goals. So if your self-interest wanting that case study, that matches up with he wants to get great results for us, not just because he wants to help us, but for his own self-interest. There's something really persuasive about that. And uh, I've got customers of mine that have started using it uh, and have said it's been very effective, not only uh, for when you want to uh, just win deals for, for money, but if you're just starting out, and you just want to get case studies, this is really good because it deals with that objection. How do I know you're going to work hard? So those are three little different tactics. I've got loads more of these that I've built up over uh, my career, but I thought you'd like those little persuasive snippets there. Yeah, those snippets were, again, Fire Nation gold. So, hey, what's the beauty of podcasts? You can press pause, you can take notes, you can go back, you can listen to this again because so much value is coming through. So, John, let's talk about charm offensive tactics for getting PR coverage. Break that down for us. On a simple level, you can just use the same style of email to email journalists and get them to respond to you. But there's something, you can go a step further, which is you tap into the mischievous nature of the internet. So Brewdog is a company in the UK, uh, international now. They sell craft beer. There was a product they launched, I think it was like 40, 50%. It was the strongest beer in the world at the time. And they got all of this negative publicity from the tabloids. And I think a question was even asked in Parliament about this dreadful drink that's going to get people to binge drink, etc. When really it was a drink for connoisseurs. It wasn't a something that anyone was going to binge with. In retaliation to all of this uh, furore, Brewdog released a 1% beer called Nanny State. And that got all of this massive PR coverage. So there's an example of being daring and reactive and getting coverage. I did something like this myself, uh, where I had a client, and they were really in a really boring industry, serviced office space, trying to find no disrespect to people in the serviced office space industry, uh, and he had to get links for SEO and PR coverage. So I wrote him just the most outrageously, honest, brutally honest job advert I could, put it up on his blog. Didn't look particularly nice. Contacted some journalists using the charming style. Boom. He'd got some stories about him and some coverage and some links that helped his SEO. Now, granted, with him, I had full creative control, so I could go pretty extreme with the copy. But it just goes to show, if you can, you can create stories out of anything. And there's a huge opportunity, because consumer brands do this well. B2B brands don't really do it that well, but anyone can do this. If you can create an interesting story, you can get massive PR coverage that uh, would cost you thousands in advertising or, or more if you were to try and pay for it. Uh, it's, it's all about creating something that is a story. Um, and that can be as simple as a crazy job advert or some kind of product that just is, is crazy that you've uh, sort of gag product that you've launched. There's loads of these tactics that you can use. Uh, on top of that, there's another tactic I use to improve uh, the chances that any a content marketing or a PR campaign that I'm creating will work. That is pre-marketing. So instead of just creating a campaign and then blasting it to journalists when it's created, we ask them uh, early on, we, get, we, we tell them our ideas and say, do you think this is a good idea? Would you publish this? Uh, obviously, a little bit more charming than that. And generally, you'll get responses back. And if you get enough yeses, 
you create the big piece of content, whatever it might be, the infographic, video, whatever it might be. Only then do you create it. This is just such an efficient way of doing that kind of stuff because you don't waste money creating stories or content that's not going to get published. So there's a few tactics that you can use to get PR coverage. And um, yeah, the more mischievous you can get, uh, the better, most likely. <laughs> and Fire Nation, this is what I love about this episode is you're getting tactics multiple because you don't know for sure what's going to work. So you need to test. You need to get feedback. You need to adjust and pivot and try something new and try something new. And then when something hits, then you go all in and you amplify that. So that's why I love all these different tactics and tools and tips that John's breaking down for us. And John, you specifically over the last 18 months have used these specific charming tactics that we've been talking about to build an audience at scale and you've created your very own niche in the process, which is what really excited me to chat with you here today. So you have a pretty irresistible offer for Fire Nation. So kind of talk about those last 18 months, how you've created that audience and the scale and what this irresistible offer is for Fire Nation. Bring it home for us. Fantastic. So it was March last year. Um, I got myself out of a bad situation. Uh, I was very depressed. I had some, I had a dark few years. And um, I had some momentum because I got myself out of this situation and I started the Charm Offensive group uh, on a whim. For years, I was terrified of people seeing my... When people used to put my letters on Twitter, I was like, no, people are going to find out. Like, <laughs> this is my magic trick. I don't want anyone to know. <laughs> and then I just... Something happened where I was like, no, I think I need to tell the world this stuff because it's really helpful. People could really benefit. Like, you, Even if you don't have a smartphone, you've got a pen and paper. If you can get prospects addresses, you can open opportunities for yourself. So I thought I'm going to... On a whim, I started the Facebook group. Uh, people were really curious of the screenshots because... It's like cold emails are not meant to get responses <laughs> right. like this. People are meant to hate cold emails. They're not meant to be giving you these gushing compliments. And this made me feel great. I started helping people one-to-one. If they posted they were struggling uh, or they posted that they, you know, they, were, they didn't have any, you know, they wanted more clients, in that first month, I would help them one-to-one for free. I would give them advice. I would send them my ebook that they usually have to pay for for free. And then those people started getting results. And then they started posting them in the group because it didn't look like bragging. It was more... They were excited and it inspired other people to give this stuff a go. And now I've got this constant stream of social proof. So I don't really have to be hypey because if you go on my group, you can click one of the tags, which is uh, people saying nice things about me. And it's literally you just scroll forever of people going, yep, it worked. I got these screenshots. I've won a new client. It's worked for this. (laughs) It feels amazing because I get to enjoy the buzz of seeing those responses, but I don't have to take any of the clients on. So I get self-aggrandizing cake and I get to eat it too. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been doing this for the last year and a half and it just resonates. Like within 30 days, we're at a thousand members. And then I started inviting myself onto podcasts like the Kevin Rogers podcast, Michael Senoff show and others. And I've been growing incrementally since then. And I'll be honest, I've been loving it. I have never loved a job as much as this. Like just when I check my inbox and I see people saying, oh God, I've got all of these meetings with these big brands, uh, with PepsiCo, with uh, startups that people love. It fe- I, I can't, it's feels so good. It's, it might sound like I'm being hyperbolic. I promise I'm not. And appearing on this podcast is probably the most exciting part of my career. I'll be completely honest because I've been doing all this incremental stuff and I realized I've got to take another big leap. I've got to take my own advice. And uh, I did that with a cold pitch. Which was, which was to you. And I got a reply from you. And that is going to change 
it might change my life, depending on how I'm coming across right now. Fire Nation, how's he coming across? Let him know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be an amazing opportunity. And I'm going to capitalize on this on two way, in two ways. Sweet. One, to say thank you. I'm going to get my audience to share this episode as much as possible. Uh, I don't have an audience anywhere near the size of Fire Nation yet, and I'm, but I'm going to do my best to get it shared as Small much as Small and mighty. I mean, that's where it's at these days, John. So I'm excited. Thank you for that. No, no. Even if I don't make a dent in your figures, I just want to show the the gesture. I'm going to try uh, because it might make you think that having me again in the future might not be a bad idea. That's true. That's true. I had Kevin back on because of that, for sure. Fantastic. And on top of that, I'm going to create an absolutely outrageous offer to Fire Nation. Uh, Well, two. One is my blatant bribe of awesome goodies to get you to hand over your email address. Um, So I've created a new pack just for the purposes of persuading Fire Nation to sign up to my email list. Um, so you can get your hands on my, uh, and I've called it my John's Big Fire Nation Moment goodie bag, uh, <laughs> which contains a copy of the cold email template I used to get on this podcast. Uh, although I suspect that template might not work again on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get a copy of the original drunk email template that led to meetings with Hewlett Packard, Symantec, Red Bull, Barclays, and countless other global, global brands, plucky startups, and hardworking SMEs. You get my magic email cheat sheet, which runs through the core principles of creating charm offensive style pitch, cold pitches. Uh, it covers more than just cold emails. These tactics work for any kind of outbound cold pitch. You get my ebook, How to Be Somewhat Funny. Uh, this teaches you joke formulas, rhetorical devices, and other writing exercises to help you become a more entertaining copywriter. Stop Selling Time, which is my ebook about how to create your own niche, enabling you to sell your expertise at time. And a mega super bonus you get a warm, fuzzy feeling for opting into my list, making my numbers go up. And feeding my obsession, <laughs> which I value at priceless. Uh, and I regularly go get too excited and give way too much for free to my email list because I just can't really help myself. Um, on top of that, if you want that, I, you go to charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash fire. That's charm-offensive, O-F-F-E-N-S-I-V-E.co.uk forward slash fire. Uh, and you can get your hands on all of that stuff. On top of that, I am launching a new uh, coaching uh, service where I've got all of these great courses and these great materials and these great templates. I now want to work with a select amount of people and work with them one-to-one to get them the the results they want. So I want to show them how to create their pitch to the world. Uh, how to start conversations with uh, their ideal clients using direct mail, cold email, uh, even Facebook ads and other methods. The channel doesn't matter. It's about how to stand out. Uh, how to build their influence using uh, cold pitching to get on podcasts, to get journalists to reply to them, to book speaking engagements, to start their own Facebook group and grow uh, their own tribe. And then the final module is called Conversations to Cash, which is all about how to go from that response how do you follow up? How do you do a good sales call or a good sales meeting? How do you do a perfect proposal that's going to help you close that deal? Because as you've said, it's all well and good being able to open deals. We've got to be able to close them too. Um, if you want to check that out, go to charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash win. Charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash win. So those are the two. If you would like the opt-in, uh, go to charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash uh, oh, God, I forgot it there. Fire. <laughs> forward slash fire. Charm hyphen offensive. <laughs> forward slash fire. And you get all of that free stuff. If you're interested in my super cool one-to-one coaching, go to charm hyphen offensive. forward slash win. 
Okay. Cool. You just walked through that, but now you keep going fast with that last bar. So it's, I know it's charm-offensive.co.uk slash win. And the same thing, Fire Nation, charm-offensive.co.uk slash fire. And what I'm going to break it down right now. I mean, Fire Nation, if you don't at least go to that slash fire, like you've got to check your pulse because that bag of fire goodies is through the roof. I mean, this is why you listen to the end of the episodes because you get these unbelievable, free, amazing value goodie bags. And this is just next level. So get on over there. And then, you know, the slash win is the exact same URL with the slash win. It's going to give you more information about maybe working one-on-one with John, which by the way, Fire Nation... He is exactly where a lot of you want to be. 18 months ago, he was down in the dumps. Now he's rocking entrepreneurs on fire, other great podcasts. He's building communities. He's in touch with a lot of great people. He has a team. He's adding value. So believe me, this is a person who could potentially be where you want to be, Fire Nation, looking ahead in the future. So explore that option as well. And John, Break it down for us. What's one way you want to end this episode? Like, Give us one piece of value and then add anything else you want to add at the end here. I'd like to end on, might sound a bit like a pep talk, but just to reiterate, go for it. Try and um, email some of your dream clients. Email some podcasts that you really want to go on. Try If you do a few things each week to try where you try and take a big leap, one of them will pay off. And uh, if you need an example of that, I am on this podcast and this has been a goal of mine for a while and I've achieved it. And obviously it's not all about that one email. I had to have, you know, an offering, I had to give value, I had to have a story, I had to have something interesting to have you on me on the on, have me on the podcast. But equally, if I hadn't taken that shot, I wouldn't have had this chance. And I have a feeling that hopefully this is gonna go very well. And um, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, John, I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, it was my pleasure because my heart is warmed when my guests share unbelievable value on the episode. And that's what you did here today, John. You dropped so many great value bombs. You gave some real specific tactics. Again, that one that I put nine Ds at the end of gold. Uh, I mean, that was unbelievable. So Fire Nation, I hope you were taking notes. I hope you got as much value as I know that I did as a listener because I was listening as well, taking notes for sure. And you know this, Fire Nation. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with JB and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com and type John, J-O-N. That's no H, John, J-O-N in the search bar. And his show notes page is going to pop up. And by the way, I know that you know we gave a lot of dashes and .co's and .uk's in there, but we're going to link it all up right on the show notes page for both of the slash fire and slash win. So definitely check that out, Fire Nation, because all the links to everything we've been talking about today is going to be on the show notes page. And John, I just want to sh- say thank you for sharing your truth with Fire Nation today. For that, brother, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you very much. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by none other than John Buchanan. And if you're ready to rock your podcast, check out our free podcasting course, Fire Nation, because I will teach you how to create, how to grow, how to monetize your podcast. So go check it out because it's free and it's awesome. Freepodcastcourse.com. I will catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side.
Successful businesses rely on quality people because quality people will help your business scale and grow, but finding the right people can be tough. That's why I love ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills and experience, and then actively invites them to apply for your job. That means you get quality candidates fast. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.